Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. A whole lot to talk about on this episode. We get into the NBA, the early season, what's going on in Los Angeles with the Lakers, all of that, plus the NFL, who are the winners, who are the losers, as well as what did the WNBA accomplish in their 25th season. We break all that down with producer, host, and multimedia journalist, Tarika Foster-Brasby. We get into that, as well as the morning, br- the moments brunch, I should say. So you definitely don't want to miss that. All my Insecure people, you definitely want to stay tuned. You check out Insecure on Sunday. Definitely don't want to miss what we got in store for that. All of that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. And what I need you to do is follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA as well as Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Now, my weekend was crazy. I've been working what 13, 14 days straight between traveling and then being back at home and still doing stuff. Saturday was wild when you had the UCLA Bruins take on the Oregon Ducks, the number 10 ranked Oregon Ducks, I might add, which, which was a tight game down the stretch. It was tighter than a, a Fendi suit worn by Rihanna. I mean, that's how tight it was. It was a great atmosphere. Great atmosphere for football. UCLA just could not capitalize. And I went down to Staples Center. And amazingly, I got from, if anybody that's listening that's in Los Angeles or in Southern California, period, to get from the Rose Bowl to Staples Center in 30 minutes on any given day that is not nighttime, you are living the dream. Because there's no way that you're going to get from the Rose Bowl to Staples Center in about 30 to 35 minutes. No way. But I did, and you got to know my way around. I, I know how to bend these corners without gold Daytonas. I know how to get around. I know my way around my city. And that was amazing in itself to see the Clippers have their home opener against the Memphis Grizzlies. And let me tell you something. John Morant is the freaking truth. That kid is special. I told you guys on this show, if you ever listened to the show anytime before, I told you that John Morant reminds me of a young Kobe. This kid is fearless. This kid will go, come at you. There, there are some things that he needs to continue to work on as far as certain shot selections and things like that and decision-making, but that will come with time. This kid is special. This kid is a dude that takes responsibility, as you saw him do against the Lakers on Sunday night when he missed those two free throws that could have pretty much sent the game, sent the game into OT. And to me, for a kid that young to take that type of responsibility – to say, hey, that's on me. I cost us the game. Even though he was balling the lights out against the Clippers and against the Lakers. And to watch this kid mature, to work with not a whole lot, like we see a Trey Young work with, or like we see Luca, what Luca's been doing in Dallas. This kid has been is special. And if they continue to put talent around this kid. 
the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a force to be reckoned with in a few years, especially John Morant. John Morant is a special type of is a special type of player. And I love watching him. You know, you have those players that you love watching. Like I love watching Trey Young, Mr. Uh, you know, Ice in his veins, Ice Trey. I love watching Luka Dantich. I like Spider Mitchell. Uh, obviously, I love watching Kevin Durant and LeBron James play, and Steph Curry and those guys. But this kid here, John Morant, everybody talks about Luka and Trey, as they should. But you better keep an eye on John Morant because John Morant is going to be one of the faces of this league at some point as he continues to develop and grow in, in, as a basketball player and as a person as well. That kid is special. So watching him up close and personal against MVPG, I like to call Paul George, who definitely needs some doggone help because, damn it, the Clippers, they are too talented of a team not to get this man some help. I know they're without Kawhi Leonard. I understand that. I think Serge Ibaka is close to returning, if I'm not mistaken. He's been playing a lot of five-on-five, according to Ty Lue, which is very promising to hear if you're a Clippers fan uh, and and just covering the team in general. It's good to have Serge Ibaka come back because I think he's definitely a veteran presence that they're going to need. But Marcus Morris, he's going to have to step it up. I know he's playing himself back into shape but he's going to have to step it up. Reggie Jackson is going to have to definitely continue to step it up. But there are a lot of guys on this on this team that are going to have to contribute. Eric Bledsoe, they brought you in here for a reason. You're going to have to contribute and make your name Eric Bledsoe, the one that we all knew once upon a time, because you cannot allow Paul George to have double-doubles and continue to lose. That makes no sense at all. They lost against Golden State. They were right there on Saturday night against the Memphis Grizzlies. They were right there. Now that, you know, you had the Portland Trailblazers with, with, with Dame Dollar coming into town. You cannot continue. You Somebody's got to step their game up. I don't know who it has to be. I love Terrence Mann. I like what Terrence Mann did last season. I like what he's doing coming into this season. Everybody not named Paul George is going to have to step their game up. This man is pretty much carrying the team from where he carried them last season, and he's continuing to carry them this season until the return of Kawhi Leonard, which hopefully may be after the All-Star break if things continue to go well for Kawhi Leonard, Mr. NBA 75, I might add. But this team is too talented, and and, and I'll get into it later. We'll obviously get into it later as far as what we think the issues are. But to me, Paul George, you got to give Paul George his props. This guy is doing it all. Everybody wants to make fun of him. You know, call him out, but not letting as much as you like to call Paul George out, make sure you get his man his flowers and his props at the same time. Because right now he's playing like he, he's playing lights out. And I know it's only been a, a few games into the season, but this man's been playing lights out. And there's no reason why nobody, you mean tell me nobody else is going to, you can't have five players in double figures as talented as this, as this Clipper squad is without Kawhi Leonard. And I do believe if you have Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers would probably be 3-0 and right now because these mar- the margins that they lost by were not that much. If you had a Kawhi Leonard that gave you 20, you'd be winning these games. You would have beat Golden State. You would have beaten the Memphis Grizzlies for sure. So to me, eh, got to step it up. As far as stepping it up, eesh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, yes, I know they are currently 1-2 and two after beating the Memphis Grizzlies by a hair on Sunday night. But I was at the game on Friday night. Let me tell you something. What I witnessed, I have never witnessed in my life as a as a one time as a fan and as a media professional. I have never witnessed two players 
go at each other's throats on the sideline, which was absolutely embarrassing and ridiculous. Now, I know they I understand that they had a conversation after afterwards and they hugged and made up and all that other stuff. But that, to me, symbolizes a microcosm of what goes on in that locker room, potentially, because I have never in my life. And I agree with Magic Johnson, who also said in his 42, however long he's been with the organization, he's never seen guys fight in public now guys obviously they 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 have their battles behind the scenes and practices and in the locker rooms we all we've heard various stories at times from various teams that have gotten into it but i've never seen two guys on the same squad pretty much want to tear each other's heads off at least that's what it appeared to be you had dwight howard and anthony davis go at each other's throats on the sidelines because of obviously anthony davis felt like dwight howard missed some plays dwight apparently disagreed with him on that profusely to a point where you had to have Phil Handy as an assistant coach continue to break it up because even though guys came in there with Rondo and those guys tried to break it up initially as he as Dwight was being shoved into the chair and I do believe that Dwight lost his balance because he wasn't prepared for that I don't think he was expecting AD to put hands on him like that I think that was a complete shock because that's not the way they Dwight operates and I think Dwight, obviously he's going to hold his own, but it shouldn't have come to that. And I know both guys have alleged, you know, apparently rather made up and, and they move forward, but that shouldn't have happened. And that tells me a lot about this team, even though it's early in the season. This team needs to get it together. And thank God for Carmelo Anthony bailing them out on Sunday, because if it wasn't for Carmelo Anthony, they'd be 0-3 right now. Because LeBron James has not impressed me. Russell Westbrook, the experiment so far, has been absolutely terrible. And this is a new, obviously, I understand this is a new position for Russell to be in because he's trying to be a complimentary piece instead of being the piece in the, in, the, in the puzzle. But I've always said this, and I'll say it again. I like Russell Westbrook. I like watching him play. I think he's the energizer bunny. But I do believe that Russell Westbrook is the wrong fit for this team. I know it's early. I'm going to get all kinds of criticisms. I get all that. I can give a damn less. But what I will say is how much different would it have been if they would have traded for Buddy Hill instead of trying to acquire Russell Westbrook? Just a question. Not saying if it would be a drastic difference or not. We'll never know because it never happened. But just for the sake of argument, how much better would the Lakers be if you had Buddy Hill and maybe brought back a Rondo, brought back, uh, uh Dwight Howard and even at, like I said I like I like Kendrick I like the Kendrick Nunn signing I like the re-signing of THT I love Malik Monk I think that kid is dynamite I think he's special he'll, he'll definitely flourish in this type of a style of, of, of basketball under Frank Vogel but it would even if you did bring in a Carmelo Anthony how much better would this team be I have Rondo running the point just a thought just a thought. And yes, it's early in the season and things could change. And I hear all the I hear the the the, the post game quotes from Russell and LeBron and AD and those guys. I get it. It's still young and it, it, it's a, it's a young season. But come Christmas time, and they're still having these types of problems with Russell because Russell's going to be Russell. He can't shoot. He can pass. He's a great passer. Good facilitator. But he can't shoot. And that's why I've always questioned the triple doubles. 
I'm not taking anything away from his triple doubles. That man earned them. But I always felt like it was kind of, it led to stat padding. You pat the stats. Because, again, I watched those games in OKC. I saw when he had big seven foot 12 Steven Adams hanging around the rim and he, Steven Adams falling back like he caught the Holy Ghost and letting Russell Westbrook get the rebound so he can put, add to the stats. I, I, I witnessed all that. I'm sure some of you have witnessed that too. I'm not the only one that saw that. But we don't want to talk about it like it's the sacred, it's the sacred elephant in the room. But I'm going to talk about it. I'm not taking anything away from Russell Westbrook and his accomplishments. I'm just asking, I'm pointing out things and I'm also asking questions. Because I think Russell Westbrook is not the right fit for this team. Now, I could be wrong. It could work out tremendously as we move forward throughout the season. But what I'm seeing right now what I'm and what I'm seeing moving forward, I don't think it's going to be a great fit, which is why I never picked them to win the NBA championship. I picked the Brooklyn Nets and I picked the Milwaukee Bucks to possibly repeat. But I definitely picked the Brooklyn Nets, even without Kyrie's crazy self. Because I think with KD and James and uh, James Harden and those guys they have around them, and I think they drafted pretty well this year as well, I think the Brooklyn Nets, if they stay healthy, can definitely contend for a title. And I think it's too many egos. I, I mean, we, we can go to at length about their ages. I mean, age is age. That's what it is. But I think it's too many egos. I think it's, it's lack. I've seen lack of energy, lack of continuity. And where is the leadership? Where's the leadership? Because what happened Friday night should have never happened. Guys getting into it all the time. You see guys get frustrated all the time. I've seen people on the Clippers get frustrated. Have I want, Have you ever seen any Clippers players go at it? Have you seen Steph Curry and Clay? I'm sure Steph Curry and Clay argue. Do you see those two go at it on the sidelines? Or him and Draymond? No. Because they have it together. There is leadership on that team. They all understand they're there for one common goal. You could talk about it, but you got to be about it. And yes, we all hear about the Lakers and how they talk about their word for one common goal and this, that, and the third. And the, and the, and the third that's fine. But don't talk about it. Be about it. Show us what you, what you mean. Because right now, it's all lip service. It's Charlie Brown with it. Wah, 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 wah. That's all we hear. So let's see if the Lakers can get it together in the next 10 to 15 games. Let's see what the Lakers look like in the next 10 to 15 games. I'm very curious to see. And shout out to the Charlotte Hornets because, good Lord, they've been 3-0 and for the first time in Lord knows how long. Props to LaMelo Ball. He out, he's living up to his last name. He's balling. That kid is special. Out of all three of them kids, I always said that kid was the one that was going to be special. And sure enough, he is. He lived up to every expectation and then some. Walking around there like a human highlighter. But that kid is on the court. That kid has lived up to everything. He's going to be a special talent if he continues to excel and stay and stay injury free. That kid is going to be special. I, I, I might be I might be headed to the station for for the LaMelo ball train. I might be heading to that station. I ain't there yet. I'm in the, I'm in the lift. I ain't got to the station yet. But I'm, I might be on my way. 
All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to get into some WNBA talk, a 25th anniversary. What did that produce? As well as, will Candace Parker return next season? All that and more on the other side. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter, at Nick Hamilton LA. We're going to get into some WNBA talk. We're coming off one of the best WNBA seasons in, in history as far as viewership. We're coming off a very exciting WNBA Finals between the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury, seeing Candace Parker get her second WNBA championship. What's next for the league? Can we see expansion? What else is going on in the world of the WNBA to help me break all this down? I have producer, host, and multimedia journalist, Tarika Foster-Brasby on the line with me. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm making it. I'm here. I can't complain. Uh... Talk a little, just kind of talk a little bit about the WNBA finals. We all know that was, that was a, high, a very high rated finals, uh, something that, that, that the league has not seen in quite some time. What does that mean to you in your estimation as far as just the growth of the league, having something like that where you had 10,000 plus people in Chicago coming in person, but then you also had the viewership increase on television as people are starting to pay attention more and more to this league? Yeah, thanks. Well, first off, thanks for having me. Um, it was an out. It was an awesome experience at WNBA Finals. I mean, I think that we have often said, those of us who cover the sport and are constantly doing our best to grow the game, is that when you put the product out there for the people to watch it, you will start to see the return. 
And that's essentially what we saw this year. We saw the WBA make extreme strides to put the product out there um, so that people could consume it. I think that kind of started in the bubble last year where because they were playing right after the NBA and because it was so many things that were canceled or not happening, that people kind of were forced for lack of better terms, to pay attention to the WNBA and enjoy the product that they saw. And that trickled over to this season where, you know, that trickled over to the season where more eyes were on the game. The league allowed Amazon Prime to become another outlet that you could catch the basketball games. And so by the time we got to the finals, we were already at a point where we were excited. We were happy to even just be back in arenas again. Um, and then that we had these two teams that ended up matching up between Phoenix and Chicago, who not number one seeds, not number two seeds, came literally from the bottom playing their way through the wild, the first and second round to get to where they are. Two teams that previously matched up in 2014 against each other. And then the storyline of Candace Parker coming home. So I, I just think there was so much that was surrounding these two teams coming into is Diana, you know, going to continue to play and will this be Skylar's first ring and how is Kalia Copper maturing throughout this? Like there were so many things to talk about that by the time we got to the finals, we were ready for it in the city of Chicago. I mean, let me take that back. The city of Phoenix also amazing. They packed the stadium. Um, there were NBA teams who had a game earlier that day, Portland and uh, the Portland Trailblazers and the, and the Phoenix Sun. They stuck around to make sure that they could catch the game. So the atmosphere was great. By the time we got to Chicago, they were like, we need to match that. And they did that. They sold out the stadiums within days. Um, I mean, Wintrust Arena, the atmosphere was rocking. There was support for the team. And so this year, definitely, I think we saw what this league could be if we continue to grow upon what, what they've started. That's how you know so many people, because you and I were in the same place at the same time and did not run into each other not one time, which is amazing. That's wow. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I was working. Look, to my credit, I was working. And I'm using air quotes. I was working. Uh, uh Oh yeah, we, we were both working. I was I was there working as well, uh, coming in from LA. So it's amazing just to see the atmosphere as you talked about. But you also mentioned uh, Diana Taurasi, who was named according to the fan base of uh, the WNBA All Time Goat, which I slightly have a problem with because I don't think she's the goat. I think she's one of the goats. Um, but speaking of another goat and Candace Parker, what did you see out of her that that was different? And do you see her coming back next season? Yeah, um, you're, we're talking about Candace, right? Yeah. Um, Candace, Candace, Candace. What did I see that was different? The funny thing is, is I didn't see anything different. I think it's what Candace is that made it so special with her being on the Chicago team. We know Candace is a leader. And what we saw on display was an enormous amount of leadership. When the team was down, she was the one who was in the in the huddles, energizing them, telling them, listen, you're human, telling them you're fine. We're fine. Let's stick to our game. Like she kept a level head so many times um, when you could see other players were starting to get rattled. Some of the younger players were starting to get rattled. And I enjoyed so much seeing the relationship between her and Kalia Copper. She was like a mentor, you know, from the outside looking in perspective, it was like she mentored him and I think that's something that Chicago was was missing and that's not to slight Sloop and Allie Quigley because obviously they're veterans on the team and they've been there before and they understand that but there's just something about Candace and the 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 leadership that she brings and the voice that she brings to a team that really makes it feel different um, and we saw that out of her at a young age playing in LA so to kind of see that again but a more mature version of that 
not necessarily different, but needed. It was necessary and it was needed for Chicago. Absolutely. I always said Candace was the engine that ran the Chicago sky. You saw her impact when she was out for those, I believe, seven or eight games and what they went through. And then when she returned, what they also went through when she re- when she returned. And so I was I was proud of her um, just watch covering her in L.A. as long as I've been covering her in L.A. and to see her go on. Uh, this was a huge slap in the face for Derek Fisher. And I laughed mm. all the way through game four. I mm. laughed. Um, I know, listen, you know, we kept thinking about that 2019 finals or semifinals when she was sitting on the bench for like 11 minutes in the fourth quarter. And we're like, what are you doing? Where we do that at? Right. Um, I had a speaking suspicion that once they make Derek Fisher the GM, I said, Candace is gone. There's mm-hmm. no way you can do that because who usually the GM is kind of a liaison between the coach and player. If there's any discrepancies, if there's any, obviously mm-hmm. they, they, they handle the, the finances and things of that nature. But I said, well, where are they going to go now? Who, who are you going to talk to? And it's a little different having James Wade as a general manager and head coach versus having a guy like Derek Fisher as a general manager and head coach. It's a complete difference. And, you know, shout out to James Wade uh, for being one of the few black coaches that have won the WNBA championship uh, all time. Moving forward, when you look at the WNBA 25, because I remember covering this league since 2010 when we used to get jokes thrown at us we used to get laughed at for covering this league now the laughs are not are not so loud and not so prevalent anymore where do you mm-hmm. where do you think this league is from your time covering this league and moving forward where do you think this league goes now coming off of the WNBA 25 uh and moving forward Oh, yeah. The bar has been set like there's a standard that has been set. And I really applaud. Um, and 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 before I say this disclaimer, this is not to say that this is perfect because the formula is not perfect. And there's definitely still some things that need to be kinks some kinks that need to be worked out. But I do applaud Kathy Engelbert and what she's been able to do in honoring the CBA, the historic CBA that the players put together and putting the resources behind trying to market this league to where it can reach more people and continue to grow. We saw the numbers from ESPN and ABC. We saw the numbers from CBS Sports, which was the first time we had seen the WNBA on CBS Sports this season. Um, we saw all of that, and all of that can eventually turn into revenue. We, I loved how the Las Vegas Aces took this season to honor all of their Ring of Honor type players, even going back to the San Antonio Silver Stars. Like they took it all the way back from where we came. As a matter of fact, I think the Utah, uh, they, they, highlighted some Utah players as well. So like they honored where they came from in each phase. And that was something that was very impressive. I loved, you know, at the finals game one, where the WNBA honored their top 25 players. And listen, you know, WNBA Twitter, we had a field day when that list came out. Cause we were like, it's some players that's missing on here. Right. But um, we understand that there was a criteria that was set in order to be included. And those media members who had the votes were the ones who voted on who would be in that top 25. And that's fine and that's fair. Um, But there's just been so many players who have made an impact on this league through these 25 years. And it is very obvious that there are going to be some players who are still playing who are going to make an impact in the next 25 years to come. Your Neka Agumakej, your Brianna Stewart, your Kalia Coppers, Candace Parkers, Brittany, you know, Brittany Griners, uh, Benija Laney. Like there are so many players um, that that we still, Asia Wilson, I mean, of course, like Asia Wilson, but there are so many players who are going to continue to make a mark on this league 
for the next 25 years. And I think the bar has been set and I'm interested to see where it goes. I am too. I, I think the marketing definitely, I've been critical of the marketing. I mean, when I, when I, I had a, I had a, a while ago, I had a, you know, Christina Williams on my show and I, I, I flat out said the marketing was trash and I've seen the marketing kind of increase bet going in a more of a positive direction, which is good to see. But I, so I agree with you. I think they still have a long way to go, but the bar has been set. So they at least have some type of, you know, philosophy or some type of vision where they know they where they have to go. Um, you yeah. brought up you you brought up, you know, the Las Vegas Aces who came up short, unfortunately, in, in a very uh, incredible last second game uh, that was probably one for the ages when it comes to the W. When you look at Asia Wilson, and obviously she was extremely distraught. Uh, you know that 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 young lady puts it all on the line, night in and night out. What happens okay. to Asia Wilson moving forward? What do you see coming? What do you see from her coming into this new season? Do you see a different type of Asia Wilson coming into the next season? Well, I definitely feel like she's going to mature as a player. Um, she's a restricted free agent coming into this next season, and I can't imagine Las Vegas doing anything to lose her. She's definitely the key piece that will bring them a championship. And um, I think we've often criticized the coaching in Las Vegas and her usage, which is really what's going to put um, Liz Cambage's contract as she is an unrestricted free agent this year going into the, to the, uh, the 2022 season. I think that's where things are going to get interesting. You know, what do you do with the pieces that you put around Asia in order to continue to keep her developing on a track to where she can continue to be the best player that we've seen? She's the MVP for a reason, you know, 2020 MVP, because I ain't going to disrespect my girl, John Quill Jones, okay, 2021 MVP. But any, but anyway, she's the MVP for a reason, and, and she has matured every single time, every single year. It's hard that some of us forget that she's only been in this league for years. Like, I think sometimes we often think like Asia's been around for a while, but no, she's only been in this league for years. And every year we have looked at Las Vegas and said, this is a contender and a championship type team. And why do we say that? Because of the peace in Asia Wilson. So, yeah, I definitely think they will continue to get better. Um, I think that her inside presence is going to be stronger. I think she's been definitely continuing to work on her mid-range game and that's going to make them a better team. But we got to see what they keep in Las Vegas. I know Hamby will most likely come back. Jackie Young, obviously, I think she's going to return. So they, you know, got some someone solidified at the guard position. But I think it's going to be interesting to find out what happens with Liz Cambage because she is really what makes the difference with how Asia plays inside. You're listening to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145 with my guest. She is a multimedia journalist, producer, and host. She is known as Tarika Foster Brasby. And uh, one of, one thing you you mentioned, you know, you mentioned Liz Cambage, right? Because we all know how talented Liz Cambage can be. I I personally think there's been times where she's taken some some plays off um, because. There's been times where, and I always said, I said, if you want the most, if you want to maximize the, the talent of a Liz Cambage, there's three people she needs to visit in the offseason. Shaquille O'Neal, Lisa <laughs> Leslie, and Dream. You visit those three people and get and whatever you take, spend a week with each person, spend a week and take those skills and combine them. With all, she already loves Kobe. We already know about the Mamba mentality and how she loves Kobe. You, you merge those things together she should be, and I, I don't mean to disrespect when I say this, the female version of Shaquille O'Neal when he was the MDE in his prime. 
That's what I see Liz Cambage as because there's no reason why somebody should be backing her down. She should be backing down other people on a more consistent Never. basis. And I, I agree with that. You know, yeah, so I, I agree what with do you what do you her see? And BG, her and BG to me are the two that there's nobody who should ever be able to guard either of you inside. I don't care how nothing. No, like nothing. Liz is so dominant when she's locked in. My problem with Liz is that her issues for me have been more mental than they mm-hmm. have been physical. But unfortunately, whatever you know, mental challenges it is that's keeping you from being locked into the game mentally is reflecting physically. So we see you struggle in the post, or we've seen you know players who should have no business shooting over you shooting over you like it's just and it's the same way with Brittany Brittany had you know if you don't know BG and and I don't mean like I know her extremely Mm -hmm. well but I've had enough conversations with her to where she's such a sweet person right like and of course you see six nine you know you don't necessarily see sweet Brittany when you see her but she really is such a sweet person that you often think like okay you can be sweet in the press conference and you could be sweet during the interview but when you in the paint i need you to bully this girl like i need you to put a body on her nobody should be able to overtake you and it took a while even in the finals for bg to kind of get that in her head and we saw that in game three and we saw that in game four when she dropped 29 and 30 points nobody should beat you that's how i feel about liz nobody there's nobody out here that can guard liz why she doesn't see that sometimes i don't know so who stays and who goes in Vegas? Does Bill Beer stay or does Liz Cambage stay? Because I don't believe two of them can stay next season. Honestly, I don't think Liz returns. My opinion, I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but I don't think Liz returns. I just think that she's going to go somewhere else. I do not foresee Bill Lambeer leaving. And for all the slack that Bill Lambeer gets, people need to remember that he ain't just an NBA champion. He's got three WNBA rings with the Detroit Shock. He knows how to manage a roster that has some talented pieces and some personality rosters. I mean, you had Cheryl Ford and Tweety Nolan and Katie Smith on that roster. It take a lot to be able to bring them together. So, I mean, and like, like in terms of level-headed attitudes, confidence, you know what I mean? Like those were some phenomenal players and they played together very well. And Bill Lambeer was part of the reason that they were able to do so. Does Jewel Lloyd stay in Seattle or does she move on to greener pastures? I think Jewel Lloyd might be making her way to LA. But if you want to make a pit stop in Connecticut, Jewel, we cool with that. See, I I, 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 I I got love for Jewel Lloyd. I don't wish that upon her. I got love for I Jewel know, Lloyd. I, know. I don't wish I know LA upon her. And this is my city. But as far as the Sparks, I don't wish that upon her. Because I don't... Listen, I love Neka Gumake. I think she's a, she's a very talented basketball player. But she's not a person that you build around. I've always said she's, you, build, you build with her. I believe she's a great number two, much like how we saw Paul, Paul Gasol be with Kobe Bryant. Paul Gasol was the number one guy in Memphis until that didn't that didn't work out the way it should have. When he came to L.A. behind Kobe Bryant, he was exceptional, and I think that's what to me that's what Aneka Gumake is to me. She'll be she'll be a great number two, but you need an alpha. That's to me that's what made it so special with her, Candice, and and Chelsea because that to me was a big three. That's why I was able to me. This is just me. Now that's I, interesting because I don't see her as a number one. Take. That's an interesting take because I would I would argue the opposite of that. I would argue mm. that you absolutely build around Neka Akumake because if you like one thing that broke the sparks mm. this year, which I don't have to tell you, is literally in 
literally injuries. Mm -hmm. But I also never felt like there was a true chemistry between the players on that team. Like I felt like there were people who were still trying to figure out their role and what they were needed to do. I never felt like Amanda Zowie B figured out what her role is. I certainly never figured out, never felt like Taya Cooper figured out what her role is. Wheezy, I think, understood what her role is and she started to play like it and it was much needed at the right time. But when you got a healthy NECA and a healthy Chanae who can add that support, um, someone at the guard position, they certainly missed Chelsea, but Sykes and her defense, was so crucial. Sykes and Wheezy, I think they were great together. And I just think you need that one or two different piece. And if you're going to ask me if I will take a Jewel Lloyd over an Erica Wheeler or over a Brittany Sykes in terms of off being able to lead an offense, hell yeah, I'm taking Jewel Lloyd. <laughs> like, no slight to the other two. They're phenomenal players, but just, heck yeah. Plus, you know, she's from LA and a lot of people are trying to make that, that, that transition and go back home. So, why not? I just wish Connecticut had some money. Because if they had some money, I would say. Well, throw it we, know, out there. <laughs> we know Atlanta. We know Atlanta got plenty of money and space. Uh, they do, but I don't think I, I don't. I, I don't I wish do that on Atlanta. I don't wish that. I don't wish that on Jewel. But I think I really want to see Ari and Kennedy shine. Okay. And this is this is the year that that can happen. Uh, you know what? Well, I hope Jewel Lloyd stays in Seattle. I hope they pay her, and I hope she stays in Seattle. Don't come to LA, please. If you save your career, save your career. That's all I'm gonna say. I love you, Lord. She's the gold. She's the gold oh, mama. But uh, save funny. your career. Save your career. Real quick before we get on out of here, we talked about WNBA expansion. There's been a lot of talk. Obviously, questions have been raised to Commissioner Kathy Engelbert as far as sure. when, if there will be expansion, when there will be expansion. What two cities do you see expanding the WNBA, and how Ooh. soon do you think that will happen? Do I only have to pick two? Because I got three that I think would be cool. Oh, go ahead. Three. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely down for Philadelphia. And we actually heard Natasha Cloud said that there has been a lot of talks about bringing a team to Philadelphia. Mm. So that's one. I love I love Portland. I just feel like anytime you compare an NBA team um, with a WNBA franchise, it just automatically builds um, a, a recipe for success. I think the Portland crowd, with especially with the University of Oregon and how basketball-minded they are there, Portland would be great. I also believe Toronto. It is time for the WNBA to go international, and I would love for Toronto to be the first international city to get a team. Again, they got the Raptors. They're a former champion. They got great leadership and ownership in Toronto. What would be a better a better place and a better way to build a league than than, with, than pairing it with a W with an NBA team like that? I say, well, I say, you know, I agree with two out of the three cities that you mentioned. I will say another city I think needs to return is Houston. I think Houston deserves a WNBA franchise for what they, the precedent that they set. That's a different set. conversation. If we're talking about T cities that had a team, well, well, Philadelphia kind of had a team, but it was an ABL team, not a WNBA team. But at the yeah. end of the day, if we're talking about teams that were in existence and no longer in existence, you better put Detroit up there. We need a team back. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with somebody from the three one three. I'm not. I'm not doing that on this show. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. You know what? It's been great. It's been fun having you. Thank you so much, Tarika, for spending time with us here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. I appreciate you. Please let everyone know where they continue to follow you and keep up with all of your great work. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. You can follow me on Twitter at she knows sports and on Instagram at she knows sports underscore. All right, Tarika Foster Brasby. She is. 
a producer, journalist, host. She does it all, and she will get on you on Twitter. Do not come at her about the WNBA because she knows a whole lot more than what you think you know. All right, so make sure you stay stay tuned, stay locked in with her, and I appreciate you once again. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks again. Coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into the NFL. Are the Arizona Cardinals truly that team to beat? The Los Angeles Rams and the L.A. Chargers, what are to come for those two franchises? All that and more on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Please stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. All right, y'all. Final segment of the show. Welcome back. TMA with Nick Hamilton, Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check me out at Nightcast Media at nightcastmedia.com. For all your latest in the world of sports, pop culture, entertainment, community, and tech. All right, I'd like to thank, also thank my guests in the previous segment, Tarika Foster-Brasby, uh, for breaking down all things WNBA. I'm looking forward to it. She made an interesting point about Neka Gumake. I actually had to respect her on that one. Um, and she made me think about a different perspective as well. So I appreciate her insight on that, as well as the other topics that we discussed. Now, the NFL. As we all know, the LA Rams are now 6-1, and one, coming off of their big win against the Detroit Lions, which looked kind of shaky in the beginning, but they were able to manage and and cipher through and get through it. Matthew Stafford, I'm sure, was an interesting week, along with Jared Goff returning to Los Angeles, a place where he started his career. I was there. The crowd was hype. A lot of Rams fans. It was interesting to see. It was definitely interesting to see um, what the Rams are doing as far as just being able to, to deal with the tandem of Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, and also Tyler Higby and Matthew Stafford. But the one guy to me that stood out was Van Jefferson. I've always said that kid was talented. They got a steal in the second round. 
the Rams knew exactly what they were doing and finally taking the cuffs off this kid and letting him fly over the field. And this kid is a big-time talent. And Matthew Stafford having a big-time talent along with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby and those guys, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle, telling you, this team stays healthy, this team's going to be dangerous as they move along in the season. It's going to be a very dangerous team. I know the Arizona Cardinals, who are 7-0, everybody's raving over them. And, yes, they deserve the props that they, that they get. They are playing some really good football. Cliff Kingsbury has surprised me tremendously. I did not think the Arizona Cardinals, and many of you listening, did not think the Arizona Cardinals would be 7-0 as we speak right now. I did not expect it. I thought the Rams would roll over them. I thought the Rams would, would steamroll over them like they normally do every season. They, they sweep them in the division. But, damn it, the Rams better hope they can split the way that the Arizona Cardinals are playing, but I don't think it's going to last that much longer because I look at the schedule and God help you if Kyler Murray ever gets injured. That dude will fold like a like a $3 chair. And if he ever gets injured, there go their chances of trying to not only win the division, but have a deep playoff run. I think the defense is, is improved. J.J. Watt, he may not have the stats, but J.J. Watt has been an instrumental and the development of that defense just because of his wisdom and knowledge and the length of time he's played in the NFL. And he was once upon a time a serious force to be reckoned with when he was with the Houston Texans. So I think that addition, I think, uh, you know, like I said, Kyler Murray, you got DeAndre Hopkins who's playing some really good football. That team is definitely a team to, be, to look out for. We cannot, we can no longer ignore the Arizona Cardinals and what they're producing. The rest of the the rest of the, the bottom feeders, I like to call the NFC West, known as the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco. Hopefully, we can figure it out. 49ers, not a factor at all. I think the Rams, when they go up there on November 15th, should steamroll over the 49ers. There's no excuse. You got one job. Split with the Niners. One job. And speaking of one job, the Los Angeles Chargers better get it back in gear. They're coming off of a bye week. So the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, goodness gracious, what the hell has gotten into Derek Carr? Derek Carr had probably one of the best stat lines we've seen in a very long time as they steamrolled over the Philadelphia Eagles and are now atop, sitting atop of the, of the AFC West. Who would have thought? And, and I mess with Jake all the time. If you don't know who Jake is, Jake is my engineer extraordinaire and producer. And Jake is a big-time Chargers fan. So, yes, of course, I, I have am. to mess I have to mess with Jake all the time. But did you think in your wildest dreams, Jake, just, just taking your fandom out of it, to extract the fandom out of you for okay. a moment. I could do that. Did you ever think that we would say right now that the Las Vegas Raiders are sitting atop of the AFC West? No, none of us saw that coming. Nobody. And, and, and we didn't see the, the, the crazy uh, fall from grace of the Kansas City Chiefs either which has allowed the Raiders to be able to be where they're at. And, and short of like two flukes with the Chargers, they'd only be, what, 7-1 and one, or 6-1 and one right now? 5-1, and one, whatever? Well, here's the thing. When I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm glad you spoke on that because obviously Patrick Mahomes was, had to leave the game due, due to a head injury in the fourth quarter. But they played like absolute trash. Yeah, they did. I mean, it, the, the fact that you only scored for such a high-powered offense that is well-respected throughout the league, and you only are able to muster up three points in the game. And this is before Pat Mahomes was taken out of the game. Right. You had three quarters to score a touchdown. <laughs> and you couldn't even score a touchdown. That tells me this team is in more peril than it appears to be. 
Right. And that tells me that this team is not the team that they once were. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Can't take anything away from him. Right. But what does he have around him that's going to allow him to produce those numbers and produce those points the way that we've been accustomed to seeing over the last several years as far as them being in the Super Bowl and even winning a Super Bowl at one point in time? Mm-hmm. Kansas City to me, and I picked Kansas City to make the Super Bowl early on in the season. I picked them to win the division because why wouldn't I pick them to win the division? Right. They've been, they've been owning the division since pretty much Pat Mahomes got into the league when he started, you know, when he became a starter. Right. But the LA Chargers, and when I look at, you know, Justin Herbert, when I look at, again, I still question the run game, but I look at the wide receiver core, Mike Williams can stay healthy. Goodness gracious. I mean, that dude, I mean, do we have to put him and AD in the same category as far as trying to stay healthy? <laughs> right. I mean, that dude can sit down wrong, and he, he, he he's hurt. He's out for practice for a week. That's for sure. But if he can stay healthy, you look at this defense, who to me is the identity of the, of the team. I'll keep saying that all season long. Of course. Derwin James is incredible. Yes, he Joey is. Bosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you know, whole, I mean, you, you're missing guys, obviously, with Drew Tranquil, and you're missing out uh, Kenneth Murray, who I think are two integral parts of this defense. Absolutely. Um, but Nas Adderley, you got some guys that are on that defense that can really get things going and get things moving. And to me, I think that the, it's, it's, the Chargers cannot w- lose any more games for a while. No. They have to win their next three games to stay atop because right now – I, I'm sure they were focused on Kansas City, and they, they went into Kansas City and they took care of business. They beat Kansas City in in Kansas City, but now their focus is even though they've beaten the Raiders, they've got to stay. They've got to focus now away from Kansas City and focus on the Raiders because that seems to be the team that's going to be nipping at their heels all season long until they eventually they're, they're going to fall off. They're the Raiders. Yeah. They're going to fall off at some point, but until they do, if they do, they're going to be the nagging little poodle that's nipping at your heels every time you walk in the house. <laughs> right. Yip, 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 yip. That's what they're going to be doing all season long. Just like that? <laughs> yep. That little nag, that one that, you know, when you go in your grandma's or your auntie's house, yeah, you they got kick the little the dog toy dog. Out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you want to kick him out in the, in the, in, you want to kick him in the pool or something like that, or kick him out and, and slam the door and right. not let him come back in the house. And I'm not here for cruelty to animals, by the way. This is a joke. I'm not advocating cruelty to animals. But these dogs are annoying. Okay, right. y'all right. get my drift. Cause I don't want to. I don't want Peter. Peter will be or, in that ass. Yeah, and I can care less because I'll tell. I'll wear a fur coat in front of Peter and won't give a damn. <laughs> Eat <But> a cheeseburger. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know what? A Beyond Meat cheeseburger. I might ask. Oh, okay. Well, you know, if you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I I I got off that narcotic known as red meat. Uh huh. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I think I think. I think when you look at this, this I mean, the AFC West, I mean, we know the Broncos are who they are. Yeah. I think Kansas City, if they lose another game, I'm going to pretty much stick a fork in them guys. Really? I'm going to stick a fork in them. They got so um, much turmoil going on, inner turmoil. Yeah. I, I don't see them even making the playoffs, to be honest, bro. Wow. Yeah. I'm, calling- I can't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not ready to go that far yet. I'm not I'm, – I got one foot on off the ledge. I got one foot on 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 on, on – a piece of property right now. So I'm not ready to jump off the ledge just yet. I just say that because they're not used to dealing with adversity. You know, Patrick Mahomes, everything's been peachy keen for him. So for him to go through all this stuff, it's how you handle it. Maybe after this year where he, he can learn from it and, and they'll be good again. But I really think that Kansas City, man, I, I think this year, 
they're not going to be atop the AFC West. And, you know, I may be wrong, but looking at what I'm looking at, 16 interceptions in 16 games, you know, there's a lot of frustration set in. There's a lot of disorganization and, you know, a lot of distractions. And as much as Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to say that, there's distractions with his family, his mom, his wife, his brother. Oh, we've gone into that a million times already, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a quarter. There's a quarterback race, and yeah. I'm looking at Joe Burrow, and I'm looking at Justin Justin Herbert. Cincinnati, and the way boy. Joe Burrow, I did not think Joe Burrow would come back in this fashion, right? Especially coming off tearing his ACL, which is always a traumatic. Yeah, injury. that could be a career-ending thing, and he he bounced back exactly. Exactly, but I, hey, the key to that bounce back has been Jamar Chase. Absolutely, Jamar Chase is that dude. Yes, he is. I've said it. I watched that kid at LSU. That kid is the truth, and that's the and and Joe Burrow better be getting that dude a Christmas card and a, <laughs> and a few Christmas gifts this season because he is the reason why the Bengals are sitting at five and two right now. I, I'm pretty because sure he'll take care of <laughs> Jamar Chase. Should be he should be the offensive rookie of the year. Absolutely, I don't bro. see anybody else beating him for that. I think Jamar Chase is going to have a very long career. If the Bengals continue to build around those two individuals, build up the O-line, build up the running game, and then you start building the defense, start going in that direction, I think in a few years the Bengals will be a a top-notch. Well, let me say this. I won't say top-notch, but I think they'll be a strong force to be reckoned with. I think they'll be competitive in the AFC North division. Right. Um. And I think that, you know, to me, it was to talk about, well, who's better? Do you think Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? And Joe Burrow could have been, you know, the offensive rookie of the year if it hadn't been for that injury. I said, well, maybe yes, maybe no. Because what Justin Herbert was thrown into, that dude was thrown in the fire five minutes before the fire got started. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Against this, at that time, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City yep. Chiefs. Yep. At, yeah, granted, it was at SoFi. And they and they did take the Chiefs to overtime. And if it wasn't for a field goal kick, yeah, Chiefs would have been in trouble. Oh yeah. No so doubt. to me, I think Justin Herbert, and maybe because I've watched Justin Herbert a lot more than I watched Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna take anything away from Joe Burrow, but I do think that there's just a little, a little something extra with Justin Herbert. Yes, he being has that the quarterback versus Joe Burrow. Yeah, and even if Joe Burrow didn't get hurt, I think Justin Herbert still edges him out. He's more polished. As the offensive rookie of the year yes. versus Joe Burrow. I, I, I think, think that's just my opinion. I agree with you. And, and I, th- I think Herbert's a little more polished, a little more polished than Burrow. But Burrow's a great quarterback, not taking nothing from the kid. But And I'm not saying this as a, as a Charger fan, but, but as somebody that's covered sports for over 20 years, you, you see that it factor. Both of them have it, but Herbert, he's the real deal, man. So it's Burrow. Absolutely. Both of them. Okay, well, let's get into this this moment's brunch, shall we? Yes, sir, let's do it. All right. Reports have surfaced that current Texans and disgraced quarterback, I added that, Deshaun Watson is open to being traded to other destinations besides the Miami Dolphins. Does he get traded, and where does he land? I think it's a great possibility he could finally be traded. I don't know where he lands. I mean, there's a couple of landing spots. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers happen to be one. We knew about the Miami Dolphins, but are, is Miami willing to give up what what the Texans are looking for them to give up, not name two or t- tag of Iowa? Right. Um, I think Carolina could 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 be a destination for them. 
I um I think uh that's tough. I'm trying to think if there's another team. Hmm. Maybe a couple of other teams that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head right now, but mm-hmm. I think there could be a couple other teams that could use Deshaun Watson because he's still, I mean, despite what he's done away from the field, he's still a solid quarterback. Absolutely. He's still a good quarterback, and he right. still could help you win mm-hmm. once his head is in the game. Uh, but I think you're taking a grave chance because we don't know what these circumstances are going to come out as far as what the overall determination is going to be away from the field. In, in the court system, mm-hmm. and also, too, what the NFL plans to do as far as disciplinary actions are concerned. So I think you're taking a big-time chance, and I think that's what's held up a lot of teams from even strongly inquiring about Deshaun Watson because of those looming factors. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, whew, he has he's going to have a trial for every single person. Oh, it, it's a hot mess, and I don't cut see... Cut the check, man. Yeah, cut the check. <laughs> Moving on. This hits home a little bit. The Los Angeles Clippers have battled and come up short thus far in games, as we've just talked about earlier. Are there signs that are showing that uh, missing Kawhi is having problems? Uh, it, let me rephrase that. Is it a problem that uh, Kawhi is not playing, and is there chemistry issues on the floor? I don't know if there are chemistry issues on the floor. I think it's too early to tell. I think guys are, I mean, guys are rotating, guys are playing, guys are, you know, the ball movement is, is is flowing. I think guys know their assignments. I just think there could be, like I said earlier, there could be some some factors when it comes to when it comes to Kawhi and not mm-hmm. having Kawhi there. And I think it's still early in the season. Guys are still trying to figure things out. They do have a couple of new pieces. So I think that's gonna take some time, but I wouldn't really panic as of right now. Now come like December first, and yeah. they're still having these issues, yeah. Hit the panic button quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, last one, my man. Uh, Insecure de- uh, debuted its first episode of the final season on HBO on Sunday. How excited were you, and did the episode live up to your expectations? I was definitely excited to watch the, the final season and what was going to take place. Uh, it started off slow to me, and then probably midway through this, it kind of picked up to the point where I was looking forward to like, okay, now I'm interested again. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, OK, I'm interested again. I like I like the the fluidity where it's going. I like when they went back to college and kind of visited those college roots and see how the, these ladies got together and became friends. Right. Um, I, I'm still I'm still like, what the hell's going on with Lawrence and Issa, man? Like, what what, <laughs> what, what what's going to become of that, man? Are, they, are y'all going to be together or are you not like what? Make a decision. Well, we got to play it out. Make a decision, man. I'm tired of this back and forth stuff, man. I mean, come on, make a decision, bro. Well, you know it's the final season, so Issa Rae, uh, man, you know how she is. Uh, She's gonna keep you on your feet until the last minute of the last episode, bro. And I love Issa Rae. Shout out to her yes. and all the great things that she's accomplished Absolutely. And, and and what she's continuing to do. Too bad she's off the market know. now. Damn it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know what? I didn't. I, I could. I didn't get no no invitation to the Insecure right? Fest this past weekend. What's I'm up little, with that? I'm a little bothered. I'm a little bothered by that. Maybe but we need to talk that, to her, man. Other than that. You know, I wish her nothing but the best. So, <laughs> congratulations to her. I'm looking forward to watching the season. It's going to be the final season, so it should be very, very interesting as we move forward. Thank you so much, Jake Warner, yes, sir. for delivering that moment's brunch. Uh, and thank you so much for all of you tuning in this week. It is my time. I must go now. Hasta la bye-bye. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download subscribe to us on all streaming platforms. That's iHeartRadio iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, 
where you can find fine podcasts like this and radio shows like this for free 99. Thank you so much to my guest. And thank you so much to all of you for tuning in. Until next week, stay sharp. I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.